Today's episode is sponsored in part by Palo Alto Networks and its Prisma Sassy, where AI-powered innovation takes center stage. Watch the new Palo Alto Networks virtual event on demand to hear how the latest innovations in Sassy can help your organization. See how ZTNA 2.0, Cloud Secure Web Gateway, and SD-WAN deliver exceptional security and ROI. Watch on demand at paloaltonetworks.com slash engage slash sassy dash signature dash moment. Improve your network automation from one-off scripts only you can use to safe, robust automations you can share with your entire IT organization with Itential. Find out more at www.itential.com slash packetpushers. That's www.itential.com slash packetpushers. Welcome to Heavy Networking, the flagship podcast from the Packet Pushers. Our discussion today covers pandas. Not the, not the cuddly bears that eat bamboo, but the Python library that makes it easy for you to work with a set of data. Import pandas at the top of your Python script, follow one of many pandas tutorials online, and in short order, you'll be able to perform data operations in a spreadsheet-like way. Pandas is a general use tool for data manipulation. So what's the pandas use case for networkers? Think network operations and automation. Getting into the details with us is Rick Donato. Rick's been on the show before. We talked about Batfish way back in episode 658. Rick, welcome back to Heavy Networking. And Rick, would you remind everybody who you are and what you do? Hey, Ethan. It's great to be back. So yeah, I'm Rick Donato, founder of Packet Coders. Packet Coders is a network automation learning platform, and we provide courses, community, tech sessions, everything that you need to learn network automation in the most easiest way possible. Okay, yeah, Packet Coders. I've, I'm subscribed to your newsletter and, uh, and I've perused much of your content that you share out there. That is packetcoders.io. Is that your URL, Rick? That's the one. That's the one, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, if you're into network automation and looking for some ways to learn, uh, Rick's got a lot of material up there for you. Some free and some is how Rick feeds his family. Go on up there and check it out. All right, Rick, our conversation today about Python and the Pandas library. So give us the overview in a nutshell. What is Pandas? It's a Python library that allows you to work with data in an easy way. So that's the kind of the super, super, super high level. So Pandas been used for a number of years by the, the kind of data scientists and the analytics ecosystems. And it just allows you to work with large amounts of data in a really, really simplistic way. Yeah, I, I some Python podcasts that I've listened to over time and Pandas came up a lot. Um, not in the context of you know network automation specifically, which will be our use case study today, but everybody uses it like it's really popular and, and a popular library. Would you agree with that assessment? 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, there's so many different sectors where data is really important and a bit like networking. So yeah, it's super popular. Uh, I even found that there's integration with it. Like uh, as I was digging around with the Pandas library, working with it, I found that, oh, it makes calls back to uh, Matplotlib. So if you want to do graphs with it, it's all it's all there. It's just integrated and it works for you, which I was impressed with. And it, it seems like it's like a, such a well-known library that there's other integrations out there. So one of those worth knowing for sure. That's quite an interesting point because, you know, Pandas is a really, really mature library. And like you say, there's so many different integrations and the new tools that are coming out, there's a lot of Pandas integrations that are kind of baked in as well. It raises a really interesting point because within the, the ecosystem at the moment with new projects coming out, a lot of what we're seeing is there's a lot of projects around kind of web-based Python frameworks, which, you know, you can use Python and it will build the entire site, right? So it's not just like 
something like Django. It will create all of the HTML, everything for you. And there's a lot of these projects up and coming. And all of those projects, which I think we're going to see more and more of over the next year or two, all have integration with Pandas. So it makes it super easy to just get your data into, into Pandas, and then you hand your Pandas over to this, this framework. Well, let's get into some of the details on Pandas and how to work with it. Uh, one big idea that I think are going to help people visualize how to think about pandas and how it's different than maybe working with a list or a dictionary, you know, these standard structures you have in Python. Pandas has this idea of, of a data frame. Could you describe what a data frame is, Rick? So a data frame is, it's a Python data structure. It consists of, of rows and columns and, and data, which is similar to, to cells. So you can think of it slightly synonymously to an Excel spreadsheet if you like, if you were to look at it, right? It's just this table. You get your data in, into this data frame. But once it's in that data frame, you've then got a whole bunch of different methods, things that you can do to this uh, data in this data frame. And you've got a whole load of different things that you can do to it. Not such as the case of uh, something like an Excel spreadsheet, where sometimes you have to jump through a few hoops to, to kind of work with it in a programmatic fashion. But you've now got your data in a nice uh, table-based format in Python and and then you're you're off to the races, as you say. So for people that are familiar with databases and they think about maybe a SQL database, you know, super common, rows and columns, you can have a table of data in a database and query it with SQL. How would you contrast that sort of thing with using uh, a data frame in Pandas and accessing data in that way? Well, you can access a data within a data frame in like many different ways. So you can pull out individual columns, individual rows, you can iterate over it, loop over it. You can do a whole number of different things, but it's all about, you know, those methods that you can use against that data frame. And typically what you will do is you will filter down your data frame to exactly what data that you want to kind of get out from it. So in the networking world, that might be that you've got in there all of your interfaces and you want to just filter down just the interfaces that are problematic, for example. Um, so you can kind of easily see that. I would contrast that with, like, if you're used to SQL, you'd have to build a SQL query and pull data out of the database to get back a result set that you can then do something with. Whereas Pandas, as a, as a way to interact with that data, as you were describing, Rick, you get these methods that let you do lots of different operations on the data in that data set. You can manipulate it. You can take sums and averages. And it's much more like working with a spreadsheet. It really feels more like that. Like if you like working in Excel, Pandas is kind of that vibe as opposed to a database, which is just kind of a different animal to me. It's similar with the row and the column layout, but isn't as friendly or intuitive necessarily, especially if you haven't done database work before. Pandas, almost everybody's worked with a spreadsheet before. And if you're starting from that point, Pandas to me feels easier to get into. It does get kind of interesting because there are things when you start to work with data frames, there are kind of database constructs, if you like that starts to come into play. So you can kind of do the equivalent of kind of inner joins and stuff like that when you start to work with two data frames. We can touch upon that a bit more as we go on. Before we dig into those details, use cases, let's help people understand if they're you know, an IT operations, they're a network engineer, give us some use cases for Pandas. First of all, just to take a step back, we've kind of mentioned that Pandas is really great for working with data. But the other killer feature that Pandas also gives you is that it's really good for converting between different data formats. 
So I just want to frame that now because it might be that you just don't even want to do anything to your data. You just want to convert from one format to another, right? So it's it's great for that as well. So it's great for generating reports. Well, hang on a minute. So when you say formats, are you talking about data types like integer and string and these kind of things? Or do you literally mean formatting like I want this to have uh, trailing zeros and currency, you know, that kind of formatting? Oh, no, sorry. So when I mean data formats, I mean in terms of like JSON, uh, CSV, HTML. Like, so, you know, you can get data from within uh, Pandas. You can import data from like for anything from an SQL database to JSON that you might have got back from an API or dictionaries within Python, you know, just a whole various ton of different data formats. Yeah, that is a great point in that uh, when I was uh, working with Pandas preparing for this show, that is exactly one of the things I did. It was the simplest thing in the world. I loaded up a CSV export of a spreadsheet and then was able to, with a single line, export that as JSON and dump it out as a text file and look at it. And it was like, there it is. It's all in JSON now. It was very exciting because it was the simplest operation in the world. You you ain't kidding. IT is great when it works, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's great for generating reports. So if you just want to get some data into Pandas, into a data frame, and you want to kind of say do a report of all of the interfaces, HTML report, push it up to management, routes, whatever it might be, versions that are out on the network. So it's great for reporting. It's great for identifying issues. So it's great for, you know, filtering down, getting a whole bunch of data in from, from those different sources and filtering it down to find issues within your data. So when you say issues like uh, numbers that are out of range, that maybe it's or, or something like errors on an interface, something like that. Let's pause the conversation for a message from sponsor Palo Alto Networks. 2023 is a year when companies are going to need to do more with less. As businesses grapple with economic uncertainty, it's more critical than ever to consolidate fragmented security and networking solutions to reduce operational complexity and costs. Palo Alto Networks has a new virtual event on its Prisma Sassy, where AI-powered innovation takes center stage. You can watch this event on demand and see how ZTNA 2.0, Cloud Secure Web Gateways, and SD-WAN deliver exceptional security and ROI. Hear how the latest innovations in SASE can help your organization automate costly and complex IT operations with AI-powered digital experience management, connect and secure branch offices and the hybrid workforce with SD-WAN, ZTNA 2.0, and Cloud Secure Web Gateways, and unlock better ROI through consolidation of point solutions with Prisma SASE. Watch this event on demand at paloaltonetworks.com slash engage slash sassy dash signature dash moment. That's paloaltonetworks.com slash engage slash sassy dash signature dash moment. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, exactly. So let's say you've got all of the interfaces from your network into a big data frame. You can then, you know, centrally filter down what interfaces have input errors greater than zero or something along those lines or what interfaces have an MTU that is not, say, 9,000, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's, it's, it's really good for that. And it's really good then. Now you've got it in this really nice, I say suitcase, it's probably a wrong term, and I'll, I'll probably get slated people saying, why, why are you classing bandas like a suitcase? But you've got it in this nice kind of like this container, this table, this data frame, and then you can then hand it over to other frameworks, something like PyTest, and then you can run your tests against this data in a really nice, ordered way in terms of your code base. But, uh, but the other thing as well is you can also do comparisons. So you can take two data frames, 
And you can then look at the differences between the data frames and it gives you a huge amount of flexibility in terms of the results, well, what you match between those two data frames and, and kind of how you do that, that comparison. So you basically do like this merge. And the use case of that is you might have two routing tables. So you might have one before the migration and one afterwards. And you've got a really easy way of being able to then compare these two different blobs of data, if you like, to see if there's any issues. And, you know, when you dive into other tools, like things like Batfish, sometimes you think you see things and you're like, well, this is like magic. Um, if anyone's used Batfish, there, there's some things with that. You think that's, that's amazing. When you actually go under the hood, you realize that some of that magic is actually just being performed by pandas. And especially around some of these, these comparison features of, of merging data frames, there's a ton of different things you can do with it, really. Well, let's get into some specifics then of working with pandas. One is, okay, we got this idea of a data frame, but we got to get data into the data frame. So talk about that process. What data sources can I use to load data into a data frame? Uh, so you can use anything from a mice, well, an SQL database, JSON, dictionaries or lists if you're just directly within Python. So, you know, it gives you a lot of flexibility, especially with JSON. If you've got some data off of a, an API, for example, and you want to kind of then get that into a data frame, which is quite a common use case, right? Because you're going out to say a load of Nexus devices, you're pulling this data off of the API, you want to get all of that data into a nice big data frame. Um, you can even kind of convert and you can even import in from a an HTML table if you want. So the other big import type is, is Excel spreadsheets. That's the other one that you can uh, import in from. It'll do native Excel, if I remember right. Yeah, it, yeah, I know it does. Yeah, yeah, it does native Excel, but it'll do CSV as well if you want. But I mean, if, if you've got a nicely laid out Excel, it'll take that directly. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, yeah, it's good. It's got great support. Uh, I suppose you could use one of the network automation libraries that like if you, you, you've got a, some network device that's older, doesn't have an API, that's not an option. So you've got CLI and uh, something that's going to do screen scraping and formatting to give you a structured data set back. So you could do something like that as well and get that data into pandas. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it just opens up a whole kind of world, right? Because whether you're using any of those tools that those NetMecos or Scrapply or whatever it might be. Yeah. So what about more complex data structures? Like if you've got uh, nested data, I mean, JSON can get pretty complex if you need nested dictionaries as a data type you we've probably all worked with in python data in multiple excel sheets you've got those tabbed you know sheets can pandas cope with that or do i kind of need to like narrow it down to like two dimensions and you know that's all i should really be working with that's one of the first questions i had when i started working with it right because you know json is is always sometimes it can be a little bit worldly but in terms of json if you've got some nested json it gives you an option, right, something called the JSON normalize, and it allows you to kind of go right into that nested bit. And then you can then pull bits out from that JSON payload, and then you can then kind of take out your some parent objects as well. So um, I say parent objects, objects in terms of like the, the, the JSON terminology. But, uh, but yeah, so you, you've got the ability there to work with nested data if you want to. The other thing that's really, really useful is when you're importing in things like, say, a dictionary within into a data frame, is that dictionaries aren't always of a certain type. They're not always just, say, like a, a list of dictionaries or, or of a certain orientation. And what Pandas allows you to do is it allows you to bring in your data from your source, from a dictionary, and then say what the orientation of how it's placed within that data frame, how that should be. 
So for example, you might have, sometimes you go out to a device and you, you get a dictionary and it's got lists within it or whatever, and it's all kind of nice and neat. Sometimes it's a lot more kind of index based. It's quite a hard thing to explain just on a podcast, but you've got all these different orientations. So it supports that, which is really useful when you jump in between things like data that you're getting from something like PyATS or NetMeco um, to something that you're, you're pulling from maybe Napalm or something along those lines or directly from an API. So it gives you a lot of flexibility around that another question then is about the data itself that i'm loading into the data frame should i be looking at the data and then cleaning it in some way whether that's tweaking the formatting of it or something like that or can i just take it in whatever format it's in get it into the data frame in pandas and it's probably better to work with pandas to i don't know convert the data type or tweak it somehow so that it's more useful to me yeah, typically nine times out of 10, you can, you can get it into the data frame and then clean it. And actually, that is one of the stages that you're going to want to go through is, is cleaning that data, making sure that your data is OK. So when you actually do start working with it, you're not going to start getting a bunch of errors around, like you say, bad data types, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it gives you a whole kind of suite of different things that you can do to your data to clean it. I, that was an area I needed to spend more time with. Yeah, I uh, I did an import of something that had currency in it. So it was I did an export. There were dollar signs and commas and decimal points. And for the life of me, I could not get pandas happy with it. So it would start treating it like a number and working with it. And it's like, I know it's here. I'm sure I can do it if I dug it. I just didn't have enough time to keep digging and figure it out. But as you mentioned, there are a bunch of ways you can uh, work with that data to quote unquote clean it in some way that pandas gives you i just i just didn't get into it deeply enough rick yeah no no it's good no it's got you covered <laughs> so now let's say i've got data in my data frame and it's there i'm working with it and as i'm thinking about it, it's like ah uh, you know what i kind of wish i could add a column to this data frame or tweak the data frame in some way beyond the structure that it currently is is that a thing can i do that or would i just like start over with a new data frame i mean you can add new columns you can merge data frames. You can do all of that. So if I wanted to, one of the things I could do with that data frame, I could add a column that would contain the results of some kind of an operation that I might do on uh, other columns. I could add another column that's now going to be my results and store those in there. And maybe the data frame, I'm just working with it temporarily and I'm going to save that data off to something else later. And so something like that could be important to me. That's uh, Is that possible? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So a, a common use case for like adding a new column is when you're dumping in all of this data from different devices, you're going to want to add a column in of the device type. Otherwise, you're, just, you're not going to see what uh, rows are from, from what devices, right? So that's, that's kind of the, the typical, I would say, the number one thing I, I normally add a new column for is for that. Now, we've mentioned multiple data frames. Like you were saying earlier, you can work on multiple data frames at a time and you can get SQL-like where you're doing a union, uh, those kinds of operations where you're acting on data from multiple data frames. Is that pretty normal, pretty typical thing? And uh, and there's, I'm going to guess, a lot of robust operations around that I can do with Pandas. Yeah, I mean, that is the bit I would say definitely leans in, into the more advanced sides of, of Pandas. But yeah, 100%. And I think... This is probably one of the things that it's an amazing use case to be able to kind of easily see the differences between two sets of data, right? So you're not having to then loop over things, checking different keys. So when you do your merges, you can do, you know, your out equivalent to your outer joins, your left joins, a whole bunch of different things. So 
Yes, which is yeah, perfect for you know root tables, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So you can do all of that. Yeah. Well, you were talking about reporting and sending things out to to HTML. Does pandas make it easy for me to output HTML or is it one of those things where it's like I need to know a bit of HTML to get the report formatted the way I want it? A quick sponsor break courtesy of Itential. Itential is the network automation platform you get to build robust self-service automation that is safe for your entire IT organization. Now, if you've been writing your own automation, I'm guessing you've run into this problem. You have a directory. It's got a bunch of Python scripts or Ansible playbooks in it. And, and yeah, they're way better than CLI copy-paste. But who besides you can safely use those scripts or run those playbooks? Hmm, it's all a bit fragile. And that makes you irreplaceable. And that's not good. You want to be able to go on vacation or be sick or have dinner without getting a call, which means you need a network automation system that is not fragile, that anyone in your organization can use, and that leverages the automation work you've already done. And Itential gives you all of this. With Itential, you'll be able to run your scripts safely as a workflow that integrates with your change management, your IPAM, monitoring, your ticketing system, and anything else that you need. True network automation. Not something that just saves you some CLI time, but something that touches everything that needs updating and testing when you make a network change. And Itential is low code. You don't have to be a software developer to use it. Whether you're just getting started with network automation or you're deep down the rabbit hole with GitOps and pipelines, Itential can help. Automate from ticket creation to ticket closure with Itential. Find out more at www.itential.com slash packetpushers. That's www.attential.com slash packet pushers. It's really good for HTML because what I found is, well, you just say to HTML and then you've got this HTML table. But the great thing is, is, I mean, when I was working with it before and I wanted to build this report, I was like, well, I need a HTML class in there. I need to style it a bit. So I thought, okay, so I started kind of to write some custom code and then I thought, I'll, I'll check. And it's, it gives you all of the different methods and attributes that you can update. So if you want to change the styling, you don't have to go through this blob of HTML text to add a bit in. It's, it's got you covered again. And normally, if you're doing something to a data frame or you want to do something to a data frame, I've typically always found it's there. It's, you know, it's a really nice mature library. But it, yeah, it makes it really good for um, exporting out HTML reports. What other output do I have as an option? I've got HTML, but what else? You've got Excel, you've got Markdown. So it's great if you want to kind of start to get this into some kind of version control, something that automatically like renders that Markdown out of the box. So that's nice. Uh, you've got JSON, if you want to kind of get it back onto the wire up to an API. CSV, there's a ton of others as well, but those are the main ones. What's interesting about that is um, the ones you described as outputs, I can also take as inputs. So I guess that makes sense that uh, if I can take it as an input, I can probably send it as an output as well. So yeah, definitely. Now you have uh, in the notes here, something to do with PyTest that you can use pandas along with PyTest, but testing suite. So talk us through that connection. PyTest is a testing framework for, for Python, but it's a really nice option for passing data into PyTest and then to write your tests against this, this data frame, right? So because you're using these, these easy to use methods to pull out this data, 
and to work and to kind of filter down the data and to pick out the, the good and the bad, it makes it really, really nice to work within PyTest. So an example might be that you you run something to get all of your data into, into a data frame, something like Nornir. You dump it all within a data frame and you've just got this nice data frame with all this data and you just pass it over to PyTest and you can just write these kind of nice lean tests about your network and yeah, you're, you're good to go. Rick, another point you uh, made to me was that uh, Pandas is a really good first tool for learning network automation, which was counterintuitive to me. So give me your logic behind that, because that's a really interesting point. Yeah, so kind of going off at a bit of a tangent with this one, you know, a lot of folks, they they start off and they think, right, well, I need to do network automation. I, I need to spin up a lab and they need to have a source of truth and all this kind of stuff. But ultimately, pretty much all of us have our data or will have data in some form of Excel spreadsheet. It makes it a really nice first tool because you've got the data there, right? You might be in an organization and you might have the you know, data in an Excel spreadsheet like a comms matrix or bill of materials or something like that, right? So yeah, you're not interacting directly with a networking devices, but it makes it a really nice first tool because one, you can get a lot done with just a couple of lines, as you've seen, to import some data in do something and export some data out. And the fact that most folks have these Excel spreadsheets in their organizations, you can start working with that data easily. You can provide some benefit to your organization. It's going to be read-only. And so for that, I think, you know, it's a really, really nice first tool. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're exactly right. I go back to the various network engineering jobs I've had. And, and right, spreadsheets were everywhere. That was a big part of how you tracked any number of things. It could be... Um, you're doing data gathering for a project, you're, or it's just part of your standard documentation. There's spreadsheets all over the place, usually with lots of tabs and lots of, yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm starting to get, uh, get bad memories, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you go, okay, I have a data source immediately there, uh, ready for me to go and I can work with it in Python in a format that I'm already kind of familiar with and comfortable with the, that grid, that row column layout and perform actions on it. You know, and another thing about Pandas, Rick, that is just for people that are getting started with Python, there really are a lot of tutorials out there for Pandas. It's very easy to get started. Just Google Python Pandas tutorial and a whole bunch of them will come up and demonstrate what the different methods are to act on that data and what the results are that you can expect and how it all works. Uh, and something else I mentioned at the top of the show was just the ability to, to plot lines, which is all baked in. I mean, if you want to do some kind of trend graphs, if your data is friendly from that, it would benefit from that sort of a visualization. I had a, a column of numbers graphed and nothing flat. It was easy. It was just makes it so easy. So I agree with you, uh, especially now that I understand where you're coming from, that uh, Pandas makes it easy to work with the data sources you've already got in a programmatic way that makes it easy for you to transition into network automation, starting to get the feel for it and what you can do and, uh, and, and can be mind expanding. But in, a, in an afternoon of work, you're productive. Exactly. You don't have to worry that you haven't got a, a CICD pipeline and you don't have to worry that you haven't got a source of truth at the moment. It's like, right. you know, it's okay, right? Because I suppose at the end of the day with network automation, right, it's, it's all about, you know, mainly data, tools and workflow, right? And you've got some data there in an Excel spreadsheet. You've got a tool you can use, which is Pandas. Don't worry about the workflow just yet because that's definitely more of an advanced thing. So yeah, you're good to go. Now, installing Pandas was very straightforward. If you're in Python and you need to, it's a library that you add just like any other Python library. I believe it was pip install Pandas if you're using the pip package manager. Uh, super straightforward to, uh, to get it installed and then uh, you do an import 
The nomenclature that is standard is import pandas as PD, I think, Rick, right? PD seems to be the the thing that you see in all the examples. They want you to, it's not a have to, it's like the custom, right? Yeah, I don't really, it's like a kind of gentleman's agreement kind of, of a standard. Yeah, you kind of just do, like you say, just an import pandas as PD. But then after going through so many tutorials, you kind of feel bad if you don't do the PD, right? Well, that's how I felt. It was like, well, wait a minute. If this is the way everybody does it, and I bounced through a couple of different things, and that's just the way everybody was doing it. That just seemed to be the the standard convention that even though you could import it as anything you want uh, or nothing at all, I mean, nothing special at all, then yeah, okay, you know, PD, there you go. Then off you go. You've got all these different uh, methods that you can call and act upon data that's in the data frame and, and do things with it. And I was just like, I can't believe I just did that with two lines. It was really extraordinary, really powerful. So... Yeah, so go out there and uh, get you some pandas if you're working with Python and give it a shot. Now, Rick, there's a ton of ways that people can follow you on the internet and uh, keep up with things. So, uh, so let them know. So you can follow us on Twitter at Rick J. Don. You can come over to packetcoders.io and we've got a monthly newsletter that goes out. So that's packetcoders.io forward slash newsletter. So you can kind of get all of the latest things that are going on within the network automation arena. But also we've got the Packet Coders membership where you can jump on, you can get access to a Pandas course, many other courses, Nornir, et cetera. You can get access to a massive library of like 30 hours of tech sessions, community support, hands-on labs, a whole bunch of different things to kind of propel your network automation learning journey. You can find all the information just over at packetcoders.io. Very nice. Thanks for joining us, Rick, and for sharing your knowledge with everybody today. And thanks to you for sticking around to the end. I found Pandas really easy to get results from, easy to get data in, easy to get data back out. So if you've spent any time at all with Python for network automation, I believe Panda should be a library you're familiar with, a, a really short time between importing the library for the first time and getting value from it. Lots of other podcast series and resources for you, all at packetpushers.net with no cost and no reg wall. Check out the Network Break podcast to keep up with industry news. Day 2 Cloud for cloud and DevOps discussions. Heavy Wireless, brand new wireless-focused show with Keith Parsons. And Kubernetes Unpacked, that's just for starters. we got several more podcasts beyond that. We also have the Human Infrastructure Newsletter and the Packet Pushers Slack group. We are on the socials, primarily LinkedIn and Elon X, whatever he's calling Twitter these days, but mostly LinkedIn these days, because that does seem to be where it's at for the tech community as X goes through its implosion, whatever it's doing. I have been your host, Ethan Banks. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, I am happy to do that. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.